Welcome everyone. And I will continue to trust that you let me know if you're not hearing me clearly. Um, also uh, repeat the invitation that Nathan made yesterday that if at any point one of us uses a word or a phrase or a sentence that you don't, you're not clear about, um, then do uh, stop us so that we can explain it. Uh, say it differently, uh, so that we kind of try and all be uh, be on the same uh, kind of same flow together of of uh, developing understanding. And so, I'd like to um, to offer more reflections on the particular practice that we're engaging uh, in and with um, during this retreat. And I actually realized, I can't remember um, if this was in the description or not, uh, but suddenly when Adam asked us to do this retreat, he asked us to do a retreat on, on Samatha and Samadhi, and one of those words already came up today in the Q&A. So uh, we've been referring to it as cultivating the beautiful, and I... I uh, just wanted to pause a little bit and, and say, you know, we're using uh, these two words, samatha and samadhi, as kind of a, a uh, part of the same uh, kind of direction of practice. Um, samatha is often more translated as tranquility uh, or calmness. Uh, samadhi is often translated as concentration. This is the only time <laughs> we will be using uh, that word here just to say it's usually translated that way. Not very helpful um, for, for many of us. Actually, uh, samadhi is um, more the sense of harmonization and unification of body, heart and mind in a way that uh, nourishes well-being. Or we can say, you know, the act of the harmonization and unification in well-being. And uh, one thing that we may kind of be discovering is that well-being has different uh, flavors to it. Yeah. It can be a sense of uh, joy. There can be a sense of peacefulness, for example, of deep quietness. They're all aspects of um, well-being. And so I just wanted to, to put this, this kind of... Uh, kind of get some of this terminology in the space um, because some of you may have come across it already and it may come up um, over the days. Something really important about samadhi practice and samatha practice is to remember that this is why the word concentration is less helpful, is that uh, they're not on-off things. <laughs> so our, kind of one of the habits of our minds is to kind of see things as either there or not there, yeah? Either there's well-being or there isn't well-being. Either there's a sense of unification and harmonization or there isn't. Um, actually, much more helpful is to see that most of our experience occurs along spectrums, yeah? So there may be very little bit of well-being, yeah, that we can tap into, that we can become sensitive to. There can be a lot of well-being, yeah? And it's, it's on this range, so this can be some degree of samadhi available, yeah? And then um, I'm going to speak quite a lot about kind of what happens in the mechanics of um, 
and in the context of, of this kind of practice where we actually um, engage with our experience in ways that uh, nourishes uh, well-being, both its accessibility to us and then its um, intensity as well, its degree. So maybe I've already confused you, hopefully not too much. Uh, if, if you are feeling confused, that's okay. Yeah, Part of this is like uh, we're kind of working, and Nathan said it, I think, yesterday. We're working with our experience kind of beyond the everyday way we take it to be. So, yes, sometimes it'll be like, what? Um, and then just kind of stay with that questioning. Yeah? Stay with your questions. Let them percolate. Um, Rob Robert, who we kind of uh, learned this, this way of practicing with and from, he, he used to say about, um, particularly about these teachings, uh, listen on your toes. Yeah? So there's a real aliveness in the listening. You know, as if you're not, not, just listen, not just like that, but we're actually listening with the whole being as much as we can. And in a way, we're also listening with our future being here, present, because some of the things may not make sense uh, to our experience right now, but maybe they will tomorrow or at the end of the, of the week or if you continue with this practice in, in a few months' time or a few years' time. So um, a real encouragement there both to appreciate and enjoy the questions that come up for you, yeah, and to really kind of have that sense of aliveness in the listening and in the practice. So we've, I think we've said this before, um, we're, we're in, a, in a sequence of retreats back to back, so sometimes it's difficult for me to remember what we've said on this retreat, what we've said on the previous retreat. Um, it's an interesting uh, mind state to be in. What, what I've just planned to say in the retreat after this one. <laughs> all kind of living simultaneously in my mind. Um, but um, I'm pretty sure we've said this already. And if not, it's a good, it's a good point to say it. Uh, in any moment of experience, yeah, any moment of experience, there is an object in our attention. Yeah? There's something we're paying attention to when there's an experience, yeah? when we're hearing, when we're seeing, when we're tasting, when we're feeling, when we're smelling, um, when we have uh, mental, emotional activity, yeah? experiences. All of those times, yeah? ever there's an experience, there will be an object in our attention. We're paying attention to something. Yeah? So that's one thing that will be there. Another thing that will be there is that we're relating to that object in a certain way. Yeah. So whenever there's an experience, there's something in our attention and there's a way that we're relating to that um, object. And this is really um, important yeah, for our practice and for our lives to remember this and to re-remember it because we just tend to forget. And often the habitual way we live and often also the habitual way we practice is that we really focus on the object. Yeah. So we're kind of uh, working with the breath and um, we're kind of really just narrowing down on the breath. Yeah. I need to just be with the breath. I need to catch the breath and to really narrow down. And we're not so aware of what's happening with the way of relating. 
Um, or in other practices, like metta, for example, we're really emphasizing the way of relating, right? We're cultivating that friendliness to attention. So that also is something that we might be doing in our practices and that we already know, yeah, that um, capacity. And in samadhi practice, we're doing both, yeah? So this is why I, I kind of introduced it this way, because in samadhi practice, we're doing both, yeah? We are using a base practice, we're using a particular object or anchor for our attention, which what we've introduced so far has been what we're calling the energy body, this sense of this wide body awareness, a little larger than the body. And within that, so we can just be with that, as we heard today in the questions, um, or within that we're including the breath, we're including meta practice, um, or if uh, those two are not helpful anchors for you, then um, we're using sound. Yeah. If the breath or meta are not accessible, or just the, the sense of the whole body. Uh, so that's the you know we're kind of saying that's our base practice, the object or anchor of attention. And just a reminder here, this came up in the in the questions uh, today, but not everyone was there that today and tomorrow we're going to introduce different possibilities um, of base practices. So different possibilities of what's the anchor that we're working with. Um, And the idea is that kind of within these two days, it may take a little bit longer, that's fine if it does, maybe a lot shorter, that's also fine. You will find your base practice, which will be your um, primary practice, which I said this this morning, but I'm repeating, it serves to develop the access to well-being. Yeah. So we're starting to see what's the way of relating. Yeah. And I'll say a little bit more about that in a moment. Yeah. So we've got the anchor, which will be, you know, the wide body awareness, that energy body, the breath, the meta, the sound. And then we have the way of relating. We're also including that, really important. And one way of relating that we are already playing with is, can I tune in, can I listen for any degree of well-being that's already available? So we're kind of tuning into that as we're with the breathing, which is kind of what what we've been primarily doing today. So I'll just keep talking about breath, but I mean all of them in order to try and kind of say a little bit less words. As I'm I'm breathing, I'm tuning into any well-being that's already here, or as I'm stretching the awareness. And that's a way of relating. It's like a listening to a particular frequency in our experience. And we're also exploring how can I um, attune to the breath, tune to the experience in ways that nurture, increase the well-being and experience. So we're doing that this morning with the breathing. It's kind of, how can I breathe in a way, maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit deeper, in a way that becomes more pleasant, a way that becomes uh, more nourishing. So that's kind of, I'm calling this a way of relating here, how we're working, how we're engaging with um, with with the breath in, in this case. 
And like I said, this is the same for any base practice. So some of you may already be working with metta. If you're using the metta, that's also how do I, you know, kind of say, work with the images or use the phrases in a way that supports more well-being to be revealed and the well-being that's revealed to be um, kind of uh, nurtured, taken care of in a way that helps it grow. Does that make sense to people so far? Yeah, okay. And so I've said all of that and I just want to pull out quite an important insight from just, you know, there's an insight here which is that very often, yeah, a lot of the time, there may be a degree of well-being that's already available to us that we can actually tap into, but we're not noticing it yeah, because the habits of our attention are to go to other things. Yeah. Uh, and part of what we're doing with this practice is we're cultivating a sensitivity to well-being. Yes, ah. Just cultivating a sensitivity to what is it here that's, uh, that kind of has a frequency of well-being? What's, what's in the breath, yeah, which is such a you know, kind of neutral object for us most of the time? Yeah? What's in the breath that has a degree of well-being? Or how can I kind of play with the breathing so that there's more sense of well-being available? And so this is, it's a really big insight. <laughs> like we can think, okay, if this is a skill we can develop, huh? how significant this can be um, to our lives. Yeah? How significant it can be to our lives. Yeah? To kind of be able to tune in to some well-being that's available and then to work with it in ways that create more. Yeah? That support it to grow, like uh, you know, like the way we would take care of a seed. You know, when we have a little seedling and we care for it in ways that that help it to grow. So, kind of one way you know, of seeing our practice, uh, that capacity to work with the object in our attention, the anchor, the base practice, or words for the same thing, in ways that reveal the well-being that's already here and then nurture it, support it um, to grow more. And another uh, way of relating to our experience that's really helpful here is appreciation. Mm-hmm. It plays a big part in this um, cultivation of the beautiful, appreciation. Now we can ask ourselves a little bit philosophically, is something beautiful if it's not seen as beautiful? Is something something beautiful if it's not appreciated? So there's that um, mutuality there in, in the relationship. And appreciation is, is, uh, kind of a really um, beautiful aspect, an important aspect of this uh, process, at least in two ways, or in two ways that I'd like to um, point to. The first is that um, appreciation is something we can cultivate. We can um, kind of work on that skill 
Yeah, cultivate that capacity with the sensitivity to um, notice things that we appreciate and then to kind of again uh, take that appreciation more deeply, make it more deep, more full. Yeah, a lot of the time it's through uh, pausing with something. I don't know if you had a chance to notice that in the walking practice, but we've been encouraging you to notice things that are beautiful. And if we just kind of Ah, stop and look at something beautiful and then really pause with it and open uh, the sense of the whole body, not just the eyes <laughs> looking, yeah? just the sense of the whole body. Yeah? Appreciation can, um, can grow that way and it grows as a skill or a capacity that our mind has. Yeah? So the more we incline, the more we practice appreciation or train in appreciation. Sounds really weird to say that, doesn't it? <laughs> Training in appreciation. The more we do that, uh, the stronger it becomes. And that goes with that sensitivity. We naturally just notice what's beautiful and the response yeah, is appreciation. And so it becomes much more the habit of the mind. Uh, to go there. But also, appreciation grows well-being. When we appreciate something that is beautiful or that is nice, and we turn towards it with appreciation or with gratitude or with enjoyment, these are all um, kind of on the same group of attitudes. the more the well-being will grow. And really inviting you to play with this and, and check it out. So again, I'm, you know, uh, some examples, you know, like I love sunshine. Yeah, so, you know, when, when the sun is shining, you know, and sometimes just kind of, it's not too hot, just taking it in, yeah, and appreciating it and the enjoyment as I'm enjoying the sense of goodness Uh, grows. And we can do the same thing in our meditation practice. Appreciating that even little flicker of well-being that's there. Appreciating it and then noticing how as we do that more well-being becomes available. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, it can sound either kind of very far from our experience, and sometimes it can sound a bit trivial. <laughs> I can have both those things, yeah. But this is really profound. Yeah, this whole the gratitude, the appreciation, um, the kind of enjoyment of the little things, yeah, the little things. So transformative because there's a lot more of them. There's a lot more little things and big things than just big things. And so when we can start to increase that range, here's the spectrum again. And just appreciate the softness of a breath. Appreciate that capacity to hear. And then sometimes it's really like, boom, 
like it blows up <laughs> into something bigger. And sometimes it's just like, ah, another moment, another moment, we're building up um, the well-being there. And so hopefully we're, we're kind of, I'm going to pull out a few more threads here that hopefully are visible already, are clear, but just to make them more, um, more central. Uh, this is, these, these are all really uh, important aspects of samadhi practice. That possibility to notice well-being and to cultivate it um, through the sensitivity, yeah? that sensitivity to notice what's there, and then that sensitivity yeah, to gently yeah, making it grow more. You know, I keep getting the image of like making a fire, so I'll just use that you know, when you're making a fire, which I'm really very bad at. So, you know, it's a bit presumptuous of me to be giving this example, but you know that you need the sensitivity, right, to know when to blow, yeah, when to add something. Yeah? And if you watch someone who's really like a, craftsperson at making a fire, you can really get that sense, right, of how attuned they are. So there's that sensitivity and there's the noticing, the more subtle. Now that's something that comes with our sensitivity. Um, we also, the whole range opens up towards more um, subtle experiences, yeah, what I was calling the smaller things. Yeah. Our experience is primarily made up of things that we normally wouldn't notice. So that's one whole aspect, sensitive, subtle, and also um, able to bring forth more attitudes, more ways of relating, more ways that support and increase well-being yeah, to any degree. And, you know, if we're honest as human beings, yeah. we like a lot of well-being right? It's nice to feel really good. But at the same time, yeah, when we're not feeling so great, isn't a little bit more of well-being something we're, we're pretty happy with? Yeah. And so we're kind of both developing the, the capacity to just see ah, a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, a lot more, yeah, when that comes. And we're going in that direction, going in that direction with appreciation, with sensitivity, and with that subtlety of attention that we're um, developing. So these, these qualities, this appreciation, the sensitivity, the gratitude, um, the enjoyment, the subtlety of attention, um, we can kind of put them all into what we will call um, the attitude, the kind of overall attitude uh, on this path of samadhi. Yeah. And so it's not just that, okay, you know, I, I've got my base practice and I'm just kind of going with it, <laughs> yeah, and going with it, but actually the attitude that is also nourishing a certain atmosphere that is conducive to well-being. Yeah. Um, and Rob used to call this attitude wholeheartedness. Yeah. Uh, wholeheartedness. Yeah. I love that phrase. Yeah. And I think it's even nicer for those of us who are not native English speakers. 
because we, we sometimes when you're not um, when it's not your your um, mother tongue, then you actually get the sense of the words more. Yeah, especially composites like that whole heart, yeah, whole heartedness, the whole heart here. So we can think how these qualities, these attitudes that come together and nourish this sense of being here fully, wholeheartedly, very much including our heart, um, heart, mind in the process. And this includes appreciation and gratitude, as I've been speaking of, of the experience itself, but it goes wider than that. It includes um, appreciation yeah, of ourselves walking this path, yeah, willing to do this. And as we've noticed already today, it's not only easy. Yeah? It's not just all made up of easy moments. And so that sense of the appreciation for uh, oneself, willing to walk this path the appreciation um, of others supporting us to do this, both those which are here with us in in this practice environment, um, but also those in our lives who are making it possible for us to do this, you know, from our colleagues to our partners to our neighbours, you know, just everyone who's making this possible the people who um, make the trains work that got us to where we are to those who are cooking or providing the food and we can kind of open that even more to a sense of appreciation, gratitude um, for all those who have done these practices before us We wouldn't be here practicing in this way if there weren't human beings across generations practicing and keeping them alive. So you don't need to open to all of this, (laughs) but these are all kind of access points to this sense of wholeheartedness, of kind of putting our practice in this wide context and bringing this sense of um, kind of what we're doing. Uh, into it, what we're part of as we're doing that, uh, creating the sense of juice uh, for us on on the path. And so, you know, this appreciation of all the beings, including ourselves, who make it possible, this appreciation of well-being when it arises, uh, the opening to beauty when we notice it, um, and also the opening to the sense of care or love that we may have for the world. Sense of care or love that we may have for the world, that we are doing this practice for the love um, of the world and and the beings in it. And if possible, also of this being, not me, each of you. (laughs) But if you want to you know, love me, that's fine, but uh, that wasn't what I meant. Yeah. For each of us also, yeah, including ourselves, if that's possible, if that's a big ask, if that's difficult, then don't worry about it. 
And so as we do this, as we're opening to this wholeheartedness, we're opening the field of our practice in that way, uh, it opens us also to qualities like devotion and like humility, which are really significant here, can be for some of us. Any, Any of these things that I say, they're not going to be for all of us. So don't worry if you don't connect to them. Hopefully you'll connect to one or two. That sense of humility and devotion in walking this path. That we're learning. That we're developing. And that we're doing something that goes against the conditioning of human hearts and minds. And so it's not always easy. But we bring that sense of devotion to keep going, to do this. And um, for some of us, the sense of doing this for the well-being of of others may be really useful, whether it's those close to us, whether it's all beings. Um, And certainly the thing of the the aspect of of humility helps to create this big picture view of our path, what we're practicing for. And this can be really helpful at times when we start to measure ourselves. Nathan mentioned another one of Rob's kind of brilliant little pithy things that we can remember. Quality, not quantity. (laughs) Really helpful one to remember. Because what we tend to do is we start to measure ourselves by, you know, how much of a sitting I was present with you know how much well-being was I able to access yeah before I went off into that stupid fantasy that I'm really not interested in yeah but that becomes a sense of like I'm measuring myself and I'm looking around and I'm sure that everybody else is really kind of got some juicy well-being going and they're kind of really in it and I can see they're like radiating this light of joy and I'm just struggling with my, you know, painful knee and my tiredness and my very busy mind that keeps going to places that are really not interesting, you know. And, yeah, this happens to us. <laughs> and so this humility, yeah, of just saying, okay, this is what's going on right now. Yeah? This, this is what's going on. It doesn't mean I'm a bad person. It doesn't mean I'm a bad meditator. It just means that this is where I'm working right now. Yeah, this is my edge. This is where I'm working right now. That's what's arising. This is the the kind of uh, food scraps that I'm turning into compost. (laughs) That's the the stuff that I'm working with. Um, So seeing it as an opportunity of growth, evolvement, In English, there's this phrase, grist for the mill, stuff that can be a a phrase that I'm saying because it's been so helpful for me in my practice. You know, this too, this critical mind, this jealousy, this all these kind of unsavory things, I can turn them into fuel for the practice when I have humility and when I have devotion, when I see that bigger picture, that everything can be brought onto the path. Everything can be made into compost that can then enrich the garden of our practice. And there isn't anything that's not workable in that way. The attitude is, is really helpful.
And I want to kind of give an example, you know, of, um, you know, at some point uh, in my in my samadhi practice, I was really struggling with this because I was like, you know, all my friends and not to not to speak about Nathan, you know, they're just zipping along, you know, and I'm just like so slow, yeah, so slow, and I'm sure they're like, you know. We were on a long, we were on a long retreat together. And it was just like they're all off in the in the realms of joy, and I'm kind of just struggling to work with their well-being. And I remember kind of struggling with this, and then coming back to this big picture, and more than once, it wasn't just once <laughs> doing this, but then kind of saying, "Okay, yeah, this is where I am. This is where I am. I'm here." I'm still learning to listen to the well-being and to nourish it. Yeah? And am I willing to acknowledge this is my experience, this is where my work is? Yeah? It doesn't matter where someone else is. It doesn't matter where I was in a different retreat. You know, that can also happen. We compare ourselves to ourselves at previous times. What matters is where I am now. And can I, here's the devotion, give myself to the process right now. This is where the work is. This is where the play is. This is where the growth is. Here. And so there's something about this kind of offering ourselves again and again. um, Giving ourselves to the the practice and the path. Uh, Both when it's flowing and easeful, that can be really beautiful. A sense of, ah flowing, easeful, and I'm, oh, I'm here, yeah. I'm showing up, I'm engaging, and also when it isn't, yeah. that sense of the big picture of practice, this too is part of my practice, just like those little moments when we celebrate presence after being distracted, so it can be in little moments and it can be bigger kind of storms that arise, that sense, and this is for me, we'll each find our own way, that sense of the humility, the devotion, and I'm practicing for more than just this one. Mm -hmm. So this one is willing to take also the difficult times and the difficulty because I know it's part of the process and I know that this is um, part of a bigger picture journey. So we can perhaps start to see, kind of get a sense of this wholeheartedness and the open-heartedness there in relationship with each other. Uh, a sense of the open-heartedness that can include the times of difficulty, that can include the, uh, the ill-being, not just the times of well-being, the opposite. And uh, when we get contracted uh, and the wholeheartedness reminding us of our big intentions and our big heart and our big possibilities alongside. Again, that sense of watering the seeds, watering the earth. And kind of interwoven into all of this, um, but I want to, again, pull them out. I've kind of said quite a few different qualities. I just want to name them again. Um, this is not a list you have to remember. And it's not a complete list. So you may have your own attitudes that you will bring into this 
overarching sense of wholeheartedness and open-heartedness that support the practice. But we've touched on appreciation, we've touched on gratitude, um, care for the world, devotion, humility, um, capacity to enjoy and to open to the beautiful in our experience. And there's a, a little group of um, qualities that we call the three P's. This is also from, from Rob, um, which are really helpful kind of also in the actual mechanics of our practice. Uh, and they are patience, playfulness and perseverance. Um, they don't need to come in that order. You can kind of mention them, think of them in any order that you wish. And for a long time, there were only two. You used to only talk about patience and playfulness. And then pretty late on, suddenly perseverance appeared as well. Um, and it's easy to remember them because they all start with the letter P in English. So this quality of patience, you know, that says, you know, we can feel it in the devotion and the humility that says, okay, yeah, right now it's challenging, it's tricky, but I'm carrying on yeah i know that this is a um a journey yeah it's a path and so i'm patient yeah i can work with imperfection i can keep kind of keep going then there's the playfulness or creativity that again i think that one has been mentioned already but having that sense that we're allowed to engage creatively with our practice. Yeah. And that sense of playfulness, of not also making things too serious, too heavy, too rigid. Yeah. And we can say, ah, things are, you know, things are, it's quite a bit of well-being now. What happens if I breathe this way? <laughs> yeah, what happens to it? What happens if I soften the sense of the body in this way? Yeah. So bring that... Um, playfulness and well, things are a little bit rocky they're a bit challenging right now what happens if I bring the attention down yeah, to the contact areas or what happens if I kind of breathe in a kind of wiggle yeah? <laughs> you can just play yeah, with bring playfulness and creativity to the experience and the perseverance is that staying steady with yeah, continuity that's a bit less of a heavy word. Uh, keep showing up. Stick with it. Ups and downs. More easeful, more challenging. But we keep showing up. We keep bringing ourselves to this moment of experience. And so these are all, all these three, the patience, the playfulness, the perseverance, really helpful reminders for us of kind of what we're doing. Um, and they're both supports for our practice, but they're also something that we're cultivating as we're practicing, which is really useful for life. <laughs> more patience, yeah, more playfulness and lightness, more capacity to persevere, to stay steady with. Yeah, really beautiful. So we have the three Ps, we have the appreciation, the gratitude, the enjoyment, the humility, the devotion, <laughs> the sensitivity. With that sensitivity, also this responsiveness, yeah. responding to experience. I just mentioned it in the example. There's well-being here. Uh, how do I respond to it? Yeah, Not just continue how I was. That might be the most helpful. But how do I respond to it? Do I, 
Can I breathe a slightly different way and increase the well-being? Yeah. Um, where there's a challenge, how can I respond to that through the breath? Yeah. And as we practice in this way, we can see that there is a range, there's a spectrum also of subtlety to experience. Yeah? Things that are more subtle. Yeah? And subtle is a, it's not a, a very easy word. Yeah? So subtle can mean very more quiet um, and more um, kind of less visible. Yeah? Less uh, on the surface. Yeah? And our attention moves and our experience changes along ranges of subtlety. And part of what we're training to do with samadhi practice is to become sensitive, yeah, to be able to see, literally, to know more subtle experience and more refined experience. Yeah. So with a refinement, we mean something that has got less density to it. Yeah less materiality to it. Yeah. And it's really like, you know, when you go out from uh, a space that's illuminated, that's got light in it, and you go out to the dark, and it takes your eyes a little while to start seeing in the dark. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. If not, you're probably in a place where there's at least in the Zen Center where you can try it out tonight. <laughs> But just notice, if you just go out from a lit place to a dark place, yeah, or in a room you can do it also, and you just pause, yeah, takes a little while. There's something actually that happens with the receptors in your eyes, but, yeah. That means that after a little bit of time, you can see in the dark in a way that you couldn't initially see. And so that's kind of what we're talking about. Like we're cultivating, developing, training the capacity to see things that were like in the dark before, <laughs> that we couldn't see and then we can see. Yeah? Because not the eyes, but the attention gets used to the subtlety and the refinement in a way that can see that. Yeah? Does that make sense to people? Yeah, more or less? Yeah. And this opens up possibilities for us. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah. Because you know, as we can see more of our experience, yeah, we can see more of what's accessible to us, then um, more is possible. Yeah? More well-being becomes available, for example. More delicate, yeah, delicious <laughs> layers of well-being become available yeah? as we go to more and more subtle, more refined levels of experience and of awareness. Yeah? And so as we kind of engage with this, you know, we're meeting that refinement, yeah, that um, subtlety, that beauty, that well-being. Um, we will also meet and get to know the habits of attention that draw us um, away from well-being. Yeah? For example, the negativity bias that many of you may be familiar with, that our attention will naturally be drawn more to that which isn't going well than to that which is. Yeah. And it will be drawn to more gross levels of experience rather than to more subtle and delicate levels of experience. These are habits of attention. Again, we're both training 
the mind and heart. Um, and also the conditions of retreat really support that simplification yeah. that allows more delicacy uh, to be seen and the grosser levels of experience to quieten down. So noticing, yeah, whenever you know, we, we're suddenly finding ourselves in um, a, a place of ill-being or we're noticing that the um, energy body is shrinking or contracting, yeah, we just work with it back towards spaciousness. Yeah? And we're interested in that movement, how that impacts from the habit of contracting, shrinking, being smaller, particularly around the unpleasant, but generally, to what happens when we soften and open. Yeah, there we, uh, there's a lot of learning just in that. So even if you're spending a whole meditation session just noticing the awareness shrinking around a pain in the body or around um, a particular thought pattern and you just keep softening and opening, you're doing a lot there. Yeah, you're doing a lot there and noticing the impact of that. So a few more things to say and then I'll, I'll let you enjoy the silence again. Um, touching on this insight again where we see that when there's ill-being or this Pali word dukkha, D-U-K-K-H-A, yeah, the opposite of well-being, uh, it arises with this shrinking of awareness. It arises with a sense of contraction. The awareness gets smaller. And when there is well-being, or when there's wholeheartedness, yeah. and the interesting thing with wholeheartedness, it can be there even when we're feeling sad, yeah, which isn't something we would connect to well-being, right? But try it sometimes, yeah? There's spaciousness. When there's wholeheartedness, when there's well-being, there's spaciousness. There's ease. Yeah. There's less demand on experience to be a particular way. So this is also um, insights that we use. Yeah? We want to uncover, we want to see, we want to understand, and we want to make use of. Yeah? Just by opening out again. Noticing the contraction, ah, ill-being. Or noticing ill-being and then, ah, contraction. <laughs> and then opening out again, softening as much as we can. Might only be that much. And applying that insight again and again wider, yeah, less ill-being, more wholeheartedness, yeah, willingness to show up, humility, devotion, appreciation, more well-being, less ill-being. Yeah. Seeing that for ourselves over and over. So sometimes we refer to this uh, as reverse engineering happiness. <laughs> so seeing where, you know, we're used to saying, okay, in order to be happy, if we're well-being to be there, we need to have this, 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 and that. But this is kind of, we're doing the opposite. We're actually asking ourselves, um, you know, when there's well-being, what else is there? And sometimes can I make that, yeah, the spaciousness? Yeah? Not depending on an object, not depending on, um, you know, it being sunny or rainy. Yeah, not depending on having a quiet meditation or not. Yeah, not depending on that, but rather, yeah, working with our experience, working with body, heart, mind, 
both to notice the possibilities of well-being um, and to tune into them and to sustain attention with them. Because that's the other skill that we're cultivating, not just sensitivity to the well-being that's there, but the capacity to stay with it when it's kind of delicate, quiet, yeah? And there's other grosser experiences around. So noticing that, sustaining attention to it, uh, with it and then tending to it in ways that supports that support it to grow. So yeah, a lot to say. Uh, I have a sense maybe um, over the tea break now just of kind of what is worth, what is helpful for you to kind of bring into your practice. Don't try to catch it all or to remember or memorize it all. Um, And really um, taking that sense of what brings wholeheartedness for me, that attitude, that willingness to be here, to show up for ourselves, for others, um, and remembering that we can do this yeah, as part of our birthright as human beings. You know, we have that, the heart and mind that can do this. Um, and we, we deserve well-being, each of us, whatever um, view we may hold about ourselves. We all deserve it. So let's just have a, a little short practice to bring this to a close. Uh, we have 10 minutes left. So seeing what would be a helpful posture for you. Uh, we'll just sit quietly to allow the, the teachings, the reflections to, to land, to be absorbed. And I didn't say, but thank you for your listening. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.